0: This is Haley, and this is another episode of Beautifully Fractured. Tonight's episode is going to be uh, stepping outside of my norms a little bit. Um, I'm not going to be going in sequence with my life like I have been. Um, I've not been in a good place mentally the last few weeks, Uh, and there's some things that have been weighing really heavy on me. Um, So I'm going to talk about that tonight. And as a reminder, um, things talked about in this podcast can be triggering for some people. This episode in particular is going to be about an abusive relationship um, along with substance abuse. So if either of those things are triggering for you, Please listen with caution. I'm going to start tonight's story um, in April of 2020. Um, This was when the pandemic had first started. Um, I had also started a new job. Um, I had left a company that I was with for three years. And I started with a new company on April 6th of 2020. During this time, I was single. Um, I was seeing somebody casually, but um, nothing really serious. Um, He will be talked about in another episode far later down the road. Um, But when I was working, I worked um, second shift, which was 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., Um, And I knew nobody in the company, so it was really strange for me. Um, Every job that I had had prior, I had known somebody there. I'd had a friend there, so it was really weird to step into a company where I knew absolutely nobody. Um, But I'm a people person, so I quickly made friends there. Um, Everyone there was a lot older than me. I was the only female there. Um, But all the guys there were super, super nice to me. Um, There was this one guy who just did not talk. Like, I didn't know his name. He had never said anything to me. He was just silent. Um, And obviously, where it was the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was wearing masks, so it was really hard to figure out who somebody was. So I had been talking to um, a guy that I was friends with, that I made friends with that uh, worked there. He actually started on the same day as me. His name was Mike. Um, And I told him, I said, I want to know more about that guy. Like, He has the prettiest eyes that I've ever seen. And I want to know more about him. Um, I asked him to tell me his name. Because at my work, uh, we work in a sterile environment. Um, So everybody has a locker. They have to change their clothes into clothes that have never been worn outside of the sterile environment. Um, And all the lockers have the names on it. So I told him, find out his name for me. And... He told me his name. He said his name's Cody. Um, And I looked him up on Facebook. And I found out that one of my friends was friends with him. So I added him on Facebook. And he accepted it. And that was it. We didn't talk. um, But a few weeks later, my friend messaged me. And she said, Cody was asking about you. And I was like, oh, Like, what was he asking? She was like, he was just asking how I knew you and said that you guys work together. I was like, oh, yeah, he's, like, really quiet. Like, oddly quiet. I was like, he has never talked to me. I've said, like, hi to him, and he just doesn't talk. And, um, she told me to message him. So I ended up messaging him. Like, oh, hey, I, um... I see that your cousin is one of my friends. And that kind of, like, started a conversation. Um, and we had messaged, we would, like, message every day after work. We still wouldn't talk at work, and we would never talk before work either. Uh, which I thought was strange, because we went to work at 2pm, so it was weird that Like, he wasn't talking to me before work, but he would be messaging me at, like, 4 a.m. Um, so we talked a lot after work. We still didn't really talk at work, um, but one day I got put, um, in a certain area with him. He had to train me on something. So we talked then, and then I had told him later that night, like, hey, we should hang out some Friday night after work. I found out that he lived, like, a few roads over from me. Uh, So I told him that we should hang out sometime, and he agreed. And we set a time up for him to come over. And I went to my friend Mike. I was like, you're never going to believe this. He's coming over after work on Friday. I was like, he seems like a really nice person. He's really quiet, but he seems really nice. And I cannot explain to you how wrong that statement was. Um... The more I learned about Cody, the more I came to see that there was nothing nice about him. But anyways, he ended up coming over after work. He probably came over around, like, 11. Um... And we played some Mario Kart and then we like talked for a little bit but he was still like I'm a really shy person too so it was like a little awkward Um, and then he ended up going home and then I just did not hear from him the entire weekend so I was like okay, well, maybe he's just not interested. And then Monday came around, and after work on Monday, he was messaging me again. So we continued to talk, and we continued to hang out, and we started talking and hanging out more, Um, and even as we hung out more, we were still only talking after work. He would never message me before work. And I was just like, well, it's a little weird, but whatever. Um, And I found out that he had a daughter that was around the same age as my son. And I found out that I actually knew his daughter's mom. And he had told me this, like, big long story about how he wasn't allowed to see his daughter. His daughter's mom was evil and she didn't allow him to see her and this like whole story. And I very naively believed it. I was like, wow, that's like really bad. I'm really sorry. I felt like horrible for him. He wasn't allowed to see his kid. Like, what? Kind of monster wouldn't let their child's dad see them. Um, but I know now why. Um, the only thing that she was doing was protecting her daughter. And that's 100% okay. I do not blame her one bit. So we started hanging out more, and we would, like, hang out on the weekends, and he would spend the night sometimes, and then in, like, sorry, I'm really tired. It's, like, 10 p.m. I've been up since 4. I'm tired, sorry. Um, in May, he had asked me if I would go and, um, meet his parents and go to their, like, cookout. So, I was like, yeah, sure, Uh, why not? And my kids were with their dad that day, so it worked out fine. Um, I ended up going... I met his mom and his stepdad and his brother, his sister-in-law, and his two nieces. Um, And they were all really nice. They were really welcoming. Um, They had the best dog ever. They had a St. Bernard. And he was just this big, drooly, lovable dog. He was the best. Um, I met them, and when we were leaving, his mom was like... I have your Christmas presents from last Christmas. I was like well it's May and he's just now getting his Christmas presents in December that's a little weird but I was like whatever and then they kind of like had an argument about it um and when we left he had told me like um you know I'm sorry I Uh, before today i haven't really seen my mom since before christmas because we had a disagreement i was like no it's fine um and then in june i think he had asked me if i would be his girlfriend and i said yes And then he followed that up with, um, can I move in with you? And I told him, I really don't think that's a good idea. Uh, it hasn't been very long. I don't want to move too fast and things not work out. And he kind of like gave me a guilt trip. He was like, well, I'm just really the place that I'm living at is really not a good place for me to be at and blah 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 and I was like well I still think that we should take it slow Um. long story short he ended up moving in Um. so now we lived together we worked together we went to work together we came home from work together We were just together all the time. And it was a lot. Um, He was living here, but he was not paying any bills. He wasn't paying a single thing. He was actually still paying rent at the place that he moved out of. Um, He was paying their rent for them. But he was not paying a single penny here. We were taking my car to and from work every single day. And he wasn't helping for gas or anything like that. Um, He was basically living off of me for free. And about like a few weeks after he moved in, um, he would stop at the store every single night and he would buy a fifth of whiskey he would drink the entire fifth of whiskey in a night just he wouldn't put it in a cup or anything he would drink it straight out of the bottle no chaser just dump it back and chug it every single night I cannot think of one night that he did not do that And at first, I I wasn't too worried about it. I was like, "Um, it didn't seem to be a problem because this was like the first signs. I had never heard of him having a problem before. So I was like, well, maybe he just wants to drink. And once again, I was very wrong. Um, I found out that I was wrong about that because one day we were on the boat his parents had a boat and we were out on their boat and his mom said something like well I'm sure that it's better now that you're not drinking anymore he was like yeah yeah that must be it and I was very confused because first of all I just watched him lie to his mother's face. And second of all, what did he mean? What did she mean when she said that you're not drinking anymore? So after we had left, I didn't say anything in front of his mom, but after we had left, I said, you know, what was that about? And he told me that for the last six years, he has had a drinking problem. And that was kind of a hard pill for me to swallow because I grew up with an alcoholic mom. Um, I'm not a drinker, so it was just, it was like a big shock for me. Like, if I would have known that before, I would not have gone into a relationship with him. And the drinking is really where, like, things got bad for us. Not only was he living off of me, 100% free, wasn't buying any groceries, wasn't buying any toiletries, literally all he was buying with his money was cigarettes, alcohol, and marijuana. That's it. Every single night, he would get completely trashed out on my porch. He would sit there with the porch light off which was weird, smoke cigarettes and weed, and drink a fifth of whiskey. Then he would pass out wherever, and he would get up at 12.45 p.m. the next day, take a shower, and go to work every single day. Which was really frustrating, because get up out of bed, help me clean the house, do something with your life other than literally sleep all day. And his excuse would be, well, I worked all night. Yes, we work the same exact shift. I'm aware that you work all night. I just don't stay up until 3 a.m., getting drunk. I go to bed and I wake up at 7 in the morning and I get my stuff done because I'm an adult. Um, at this time, by the way, I was 21 and he was 27. So there was quite a gap there, which I thought like, he's a lot older, maybe he's mature and surprise I was wrong not mature even a little so we argued about that a lot um and nothing would ever change and uh I would there would be times when I would like wake up and he would be sitting on the edge of the bed next to me just staring at me while I was sleeping It was a little creepy. Um, The first time that things were like, that I was noticing red flags, um, one time he, for whatever reason, like, pretended that he was going to break up with me over asking him to do the dishes God forbid um, he was like I'm done with this I'm we're over and I started crying and he started cracking up laughing like he was laughing and he's like are you seriously gonna cry about that and he was just like making fun of the fact that my feelings were hurt and that was, that should have, you know, been a red flag for me, um, but I just, I kept going with the relationship, um, our intimate life was horrible, he would often, if he would come to bed and not pass out, he would wake me up and want to have sex, um, and it would just go and go and go for hours or, and and then he would pass out in the middle of it. Um, and if he wasn't drunk and we did anything, it was like, in, out, he's pleased, I'm not, oh well. And then, um, after a while, I just, stopped having sex with him because it was like he was telling me that he couldn't get off because I wasn't good and I'm not good enough he's not attracted to me and it really was making me feel awful so I just stopped having sex with him Um, but then I would wake up in the night to him laying in bed next to me masturbating um or he would before he would do it before he would get in the shower and then set his clothes out for me to pick up and I would end up like sticking my hand in his mess not knowing that it was like on his shirt um and then he would laugh about it so that was really unhealthy um it really was not okay argued a lot we argued a lot about a lot um but I was he somehow had me convinced that like I had to be with him because I wasn't gonna find anyone else I wasn't worthy of anyone else and I wasn't I certainly wasn't worth more respect or anything um he would do things like... Talk to my mom about stuff and he would get information from her. And then he'd flip the story around... And tell me the story about my parents saying bad things about me... So that I would get mad at them and stop talking to them. Um, so he was pulling me away from my family. And he did this with my mom... And my dad, and he did it with my sister. Um, my brother, one of my brothers is in a different state. Um, he's in the army, so he's in a different state. And my other brother, I'm just not extremely close with. So he didn't have really a chance to do it with them. Um, but he did do it with my other family members, and it worked. I believed him, and he always told me, like, no, 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 you can't bring this up to them, really, really they'll hate me, don't bring it up to them. So I wouldn't. And I would just believe what he said. Um I also wasn't friends um at the moment. Me and my best friend had we've been best friends for 6 years now. Um but at the time we had had a falling out and we weren't talking. She's really my only friend. Um So not only was he pulling me away from my family, but I also didn't have my best friend either, so I had no support. Um, In August, I started thinking about the fact that my son was going to be starting kindergarten and working second shift, I wouldn't see him anymore because I'd be at work all night and he'd be at school all day. Um, but I didn't want to go to first shift because I didn't want to have to put my daughter back in daycare. Uh, my daughter has had a really weak immune system her whole life, um, and with everything that is going on in the world, I didn't want to put her back in daycare to expose her. Um, so I didn't want to go to first shift either, but I couldn't really find a happy medium, um. So he had told me, you know, quit your job, I'll pay for all the bills, I'll take care of everything, you can be a stay-at-home mom, you know, you can stay home, raise your kids, that's what you should do. And I, like, thought about it, and I was like, well, I don't think that's a good idea. And I told my mom about it, and my mom said, Heather, do not do that. I did it anyways. And at the end of August, I left my job. Um, I did leave on good terms. Um, I had left. um, And then he had told me, he's like, I really want to stop drinking. And this was, this felt like huge for me. Um, So I said, okay. Okay alcohol is not allowed in my house anymore I had a few bottles of alcohol in my fridge from like my 21st birthday um, and I dumped them out I took every single bottle of alcohol that he had and I dumped it out I said if there's alcohol in my house again you're gone and he said okay he said that that was what he wanted He wanted me to help him. He wanted me to push him. So that's what I was doing. It lasted for maybe two days. Um, On my daughter's birthday, which is September 5th, I had woke up that morning. I was cleaning my house and... I went to mop the floors and i noticed something under my table i have like a high top table that has like obviously four legs they're like right in the middle of the table Um, but it also has a drawer down at the bottom so like under there i had when i bent over to pick something up i had seen something I was like are you kidding me it is a bottle of whiskey and I was mad it is my daughter's second birthday and this is what I'm about to be dealing with I dumped it out I woke him up and I told him that he needed to get out of my house he is I said you have betrayed my trust I told you that I didn't want alcohol in the house And he rolled over and went back to sleep. And at this point, his parents still didn't know that he was lying to them and that he was still drinking. So I messaged his mom. And I told her everything. And they were coming over that day for my daughter's birthday party. So she was like, oh, I'll talk to him when I come over. Give him another chance so she talked to him i gave him another chance two days later i found nips in my trash can and the same thing if you need to get out of my house you're still drinking and he was like well it was just five nips it's not that much I need to wean myself off of it, so I gave him like another week, and then I found out that he was just hiding it in his car. So one day, I, my entire room, my whole bedroom, reeked of alcohol. And when he would sleep, he would sweat all the alcohol out and he would smell so bad. So since I could smell it so strong, I knew that he had been drinking. Whether I could find any proof or not, I knew. I woke him up. At first, before I woke him up, I packed all of his stuff and I woke him up and I told him that he needed to leave right then. I said, you've been drinking again after you've told me you haven't been this is the 5th or 6th time that you've lied to me you need to leave he jumped up out of bed started screaming in my face at both of my kids uh, in front of both of my kids screaming at me telling me that I'm crazy and that he wasn't drinking and all this and we started yelling back and forth at each other and he shoved me into my bedroom wall. Um, And my daughter was standing right there. She was two. And she was crying and yelling at him and then she smacked him in the leg after he pushed me into the wall. And he he got his finger and bent down and pointed in her face and was about to yell at my daughter. And I told him, that he better think twice before he were to yell at my daughter and he got up he got dressed and he left to go to his parents and at this point I knew that I really needed to leave him for good because he was going to hurt me so while he was gone um One of my friends came over. My kids ended up going to their dad's house. Uh, One of my friends came over. My best friend. Um, We had reconnected. Because during all of this. I had just messaged her. And told her that I needed her. And you know. Like best friends do. If you need one another. You're there for each other. So she ended up coming over. And. Um, one of my other friends uh, my best friend that's a guy came over and he took me to get new locks for my doors because Cody still had a key to my house um, so we went and got a new lock for my door he changed the lock he made sure that all of my windows were locked and he told me if I needed anything that it was just a phone call away And he left. Um, And then Cody had messaged me and I told him that he wasn't allowed to come back to my house. And that his stuff was on the porch. And he told me that he needed what was left of the money. um, Of his money. So, because he was the one working and I wasn't. So I gave him what was left of his money. Um. left me with like. $30. Um. And I made him leave. And he left. Um. We had still talked. There was. I ended up letting him come back. A few times. Uh, it was very stupid on my part. But. Um. There was one time when we had gotten to a fight, and I just left. And I'm just walking out the door, and he's like, where are you going? I'm not telling him where I'm going. I walk out the door. I heard what sounded like him kicking my dog's kennel. Um, And when I came back, he was gone. Um, But my laundry, my clean laundry, was everywhere. Knocked over, spread around. It was all over the place. Um, and we were still still talking here and there. And his stepdad was having um, open heart surgery. And Cody had told me that he needed to borrow money from me to so that he could go see his stepdad which I knew was a lie because I had talked to his mom that morning and she had said that due to COVID that not even she was allowed to go see him in the hospital so he made up this big story about how his stepdad's heart surgery went wrong and that he was dying and that he needed to go say goodbye to him and it was all a lie he used his stepdad to try to get money from me. For alcohol. Later I found out. That. He had also told his daughter's mom. The same thing. And. She actually. Came to him. And gave him money. Um, and that made me. Really mad. And After she did that he had told me very very deep details about their sex life and how much better she was than me and just like really deep details about it that hearing about them really makes you feel like trash about yourself um It was really mean. And then the next day he acted like everything was fine. And I had to remind him what he said to me because he was so drunk when he said it that he didn't remember. I was not like hanging out with him anymore. We were still talking here and there, but I wasn't hanging out with him anymore. I did end up getting my job back um and i was on first shift he was still on second so we did see each other here and there at work and in december he had messaged me and said you need to find a new job you're disgusting to look at and i was just like that's whatever I don't even care, I'm not even going to entertain this. But it got so much worse. I had to go to the police because he was harassing me. Um, He was calling me names, he was sending me 17 messages in a row. He would not leave me alone, would not stop. So I went to the police, and I showed them everything. And they laughed at me, and they told me, your messy breakup isn't a reason for a harassment order. So, once again, I felt like I was the crazy one. I'm like, oh, okay, the officers say, like, basically that I'm overreacting and being crazy. So, I just did my best to ignore him. Um... But it got really a lot worse. Um, I'm going to read a few of the text messages that I got from him. I'm going to warn you, they are very dark. They are very gruesome. So please know your triggers and skip this part if this isn't something that you're okay with listening to. second to find them Um, so there was a day in December where I didn't go to work because we had had a snowstorm my kids didn't have school And he texted me and said, why didn't you show up for work? If I could make it in a sports car, you could make it. I'll tell you right now, I have two brothers, roommates, that want your brother and your cousin's throat for what they have said. Not me. Shed living Michael can come get it too it's them saying that they'll come to my house and i'm telling you that they need that you need to tell them if they enjoy living you better stay in his shed calling me a loser and a deadbeat when one your cousin is obviously a pushover nerd with glasses and two mike will get his snap- neck snapped if he even thinks about stepping on our yard living in a shed and calling me a loser fuck you and your family fuck everything about you i don't even want you anymore your family is fucking inbred your sister was right she's the only normal one i'll tell you this if anyone in your family wants to come at me i'm at and he entered his address if they've got a problem tell them my address if not they need to shut the fuck up and stay down like the little bitches they are otherwise shut your family up and leave me alone seriously who tells someone they'll pay them a visit to their house not expecting something coming to them and with that i'm done you've brought enough toxic into my life you for your brothers you brought your brothers into this shit not me it's gone way too far you used to have boyfriends that were scared of your brothers i'm not so take it and leave it if they want to start shit they know where i am so there's things about my brother in there. There's also things about my cousin in there. I will say that neither my brother or my cousin have ever met Cody. Ever. Um, he's talking about my cousin because I had made a post on Facebook and my cousin said maybe I should visit him. That's all he said that was the only he says that that's a big threat but that was the only thing that was said um my brother and my cousin don't talk so what he's saying is just literally bizarre um and then he said i haven't had a sip to drink i'm so pissed off at your cousin your mom you telling them that they're going Telling me they're going to threaten my life. There's conditions when you talk like that. Our relationship isn't worth taking a life. So tell them that if they want to come kick down my door or pay me a visit. I've got a 20 gauge shotgun here now. If they want to threaten me anymore. And I have slugs. They'll go straight through their body. I never said I would do this to you. Just your bitch ass cousin talking shit about pulling up to my house. He needs to realize... That if he does that, he will lose his life. So he needs to check his check himself, not lose his life over his pride. Tell your cousin and your brother to stop talking shit. He's a fucking beta and talking shit over the internet, telling me he's going to come to my house. Your brother lives in a shed and he's suddenly going to be a man and kick my ass? Sure. I'll rip his fake beard off his face and use it as bait when I go fishing. I pay my child's support and more. He lives in a shed, and his face looks like a nerd. I would pound his face in, like a basketball. Sorry, some of this is hard to read. Um, it's very triggering um, so I'm sorry um, he goes on to say I don't fight for black eyes I'll put them in the hospital for months if you or your family ever threaten me again and so they'll come to my house I'll be aiming a shotgun at their head and I will not refuse to pull the trigger don't talk shit if you're not about it tell him not to ever threaten my life again or i'll come looking for him because he's too much of a bitch to show up and at this point i had said i'm going to the courthouse and getting a protection order and he told me to go for it um day went to the courthouse and um, filed a protection from abuse order. Um, Also, since we worked for the same company, I had had a talk with them. I had shown them all the messages. Um, I had told them that I wasn't safe. They agreed, and they told me to absolutely get the protection order. Um, and I had done that on December 18th. Um, December 19th at one eighteen am uh, He still hadn't been served, so the protection order was not in place. And I get, uh, I think, 12 or 13 text messages from him saying... Did you learn your lesson about posting dirty laundry online? I'm pretty sure that you won't do it again when it comes to people in your family talking about coming to my house and talking some bullshit that they will for sure not leave with their life. Give me your cousin and brother's number so I can stop talking to you about it. Piss ass brother deadbeat who lives in a shed. Come on, give me their number so I can leave you alone. Nobody threatens my family like that. I'll rip his throat out of his mouth with my bare hands. Cut his throat when he has a breakup. Weak-ass man. I want your cousin's number. Your brother is a little boy living in a shed. Tell them to come over. they will be red all through the snow in my front yard. It won't be mine or my roommate's. Give me their number. Um... That was all that I had heard from him. Um, He was served the projection order the next morning. And we had a court hearing scheduled for January 8th. And I was nervous. I was really, really nervous that I wasn't going to get the order. um, And that he was going to hurt me. Um, but where I had a temporary order in place, we were not allowed to be on the property of our jobs at the same time. And the company really screwed me over with this. Um, I was not allowed to work anymore overtime. I wasn't allowed to work Saturdays. I wasn't allowed to stay late. Everything came down to, he, he got everything. And that really discouraged me. I was really upset about it. So, come January 8th, we went to court, and I did end up getting a final protection order. He, um, it didn't go to the judge or anything. He ended up agreeing. I did end up putting in the order, um, except for incidental passing in the workplace. And... Everything was all set. I went back to work. He came into work that night. We were there at the same time. He told everyone that I dropped the order. um, Which was far from true. And all the supervisors there had a copy of the order. And on January 14th, I got seven text messages from him. Um, which was a violation of the protection order. And I was at work when I got those text messages. Um, I looked at my phone and I saw his name and I just immediately started crying. Um, I had a co-worker right next to me who looked over and saw his name on my phone and he said, Haley, you need to go tell the supervisor right now and then you need to go call the police because he was due to be at work in a half hour and he was going to be there and so was I and he had just violated the protection order. So the messages that I got said, Haley, I don't care if you turn me in for sending this and I truly hope that you don't. I love you with all my heart. I truly do. I don't want to be with anyone else but you I beg you to not do anything from this delete it if you have to I want to put a ring on your finger I want to call you my wife I'm so sorry all of this has happened please forgive me for all of this please drop the order I'll do anything that you want me to do I love you so much you're the only girl I truly do love I want a future with you I will do anything you want me to I'll delete your number after this and give you peace if that is what you want But I seriously beg you, please do not report this. So I had reported it, um, and after I reported it, the, um, two of the supervisors at my job had walked me out of the building, um, before he had got there because they were scared for me, um, and... Once he showed up, he was also suspended, um, while it was going under investigation. So he basically knew that he was screwed. I met with the police officer, and the police officer showed up at my work to try and grab him there. Um, but he was already gone at the time. I was not going home because I was terrified. Um, and then the police officer ended up getting him and he called me and told me I have go to in my custody. He's going to be going to jail. Um, and that's really where the story ends. Um, I have had peace since January 16th, but, um, He did end up getting fired uh, from our job and I'm thankful for that because I feel like they did a very poor job at making sure that I was safe. But this is just something that weighs heavy on me a lot of the time. Um, I've been having a lot of PTSD symptoms lately. i have having like very intense nightmares of him kidnapping me and torturing me. Um, I feel like it's something that I can't yet escape and I haven't yet moved past. Um, And I hold a lot of anger and rage from it. And lately I've been taking it out on the people around me that I care the most about, um, and it's not fair for anyone, um, because these are, they're my triggers, and I need to deal with them myself, and nobody else is responsible for them but me. So, that's my story, um, I hope that you guys have a good night, and thank you for listening.